Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm here with Jeremiah Lee. We are with Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm and we're located in Riverside. I'm a certified financial planner as well as Jeremiah is too. In addition to that, Jeremiah is also an attorney and he helps our clients with their legal matters. If you'd like to know more about our firm, I would really encourage you just to go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com or just simply call. Our phone number is 951 951- Six eight four seven zero one one. Now, every week, what we do is we divide our program into three segments. The first segment of the program is what we refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management, and the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today, Jeremiah, we're going to talk about a subject that most people, as soon as we say it, they're going to turn the dial. They're going to go someplace else because they don't want to listen to somebody talk to them about long-term care. This is really an important subject. And if you're listening to us right now, I really encourage you to just hang tight here because most people have an assumption or they just don't even know what they're going to do with it going forward. Yeah. A lot of people avoid the topic. It's not fun. It's kind of like when I, when I do estate planning with clients, no one wants to talk about these harder conversations, but avoiding it doesn't, doesn't change the reality of it. And long-term care, we we talked a lot here. There's a lot of ways to take care of this, but you have to have a plan, right? Over 50% of of Americans will need at some point in their life, long-term care. And the the averages, you know, recent studies have come out, it's 2.5 years of care. And it's about one hundred six thousand dollars a year. And that's that, stop. One hundred six thousand. I mean, most people are going to go. I can't get there. Yeah. I can't get one hundred six thousand dollars a year. And if you go two point six years, most people are going to go. I can't get there. I, I don't have enough savings to set aside. So obviously, we've got insurance, but that's not. That's very expensive. In some cases, most people can't even qualify for it. Yeah, you, you can't get there today. Yeah, you know? and that that's why we plan. It, it's kind of the old adage of how do you eat an elephant? You do it one bite at a time. Right. And then and, and the earlier that people have a plan for long-term care, not, like you said, it could be insurance, it could be savings, it could be a number of, of ways to accomplish that. But having a plan, knowing that people are aging. And the most interesting thing I, I run into is that it, it's not often people that have chronic illnesses that have the need for long-term care. I mean, sometimes they do. I mean, that's really interesting because it, you have to be almost counterintuitive yeah. when you're dealing with it. So if somebody has underlying conditions their need for long-term care is going to be less typically than those people that are healthy. I mean, yeah, it's kind that's of often just because of mortality rates. They, right. they will be having a chronic issue for a while, you know, maintaining, and then they'll often pass away without a need to have assisted, assisted living facilities. However, the people that are healthy and live a long life, those last few years, it's often those folks who have 
just diminishing capacities and because right. and they'll need some assistance. So with that, I mean, the care numbers are also a little deceiving. And we, we talk about all right. clients. It's not just the money out of pocket, because if you don't have the money, you don't make a plan for it. It becomes these, these hidden costs. They're the costs of your daughter having to quit their job, the cost of your spouse having to care for you on a daily basis. Those are hard to quantify, but they're still there. And there are costs on the people that you love the most. I mean, we spend, I mean, this is a, a statistic that is, is, almost comes over like a wave, but we spend as a country, the statistics show that we spend $500 billion a year in unpaid caregiving. Now, most of that comes from the family. Most people wouldn't say, well, my wife is going to do, or I'm going to do, I'm going to take care of my, my parents and I'm going to do this. They don't consider that as an economic sacrifice on their part. But in calculation, there is a diversion of potential to take care of somebody that there's not getting reimbursed for in that care. That's right. So when we get into the planning, I mean, what are some of the options that you see as we set up a plan? Well, again, I think I think the first level is we need to take a look at the insurance side of it. Now, I'm not a big proponent of insuring the entire need, but if somebody is healthy and if we can acquire a separate standalone policy, that makes sense. But we got a problem here. 10 years ago, we had over 100 companies. We have now less than 15 companies that are doing standalone policies. So we have what we refer to as reversion. In other words, lesser companies are taking on more risk, hence the premiums are rising. That becomes a really difficult situation to get a stable cost for your insurance. So anyway, that's that's one part of it. Another part of it is, and, and that's, I would say, is the minority issue. Mm-hmm. The second part is where we take existing life insurance policies. And if somebody has an existing life, life insurance policy with cash value, we can convert that into a hybrid policy. And a hybrid policy would mean that inside of that contract, there would still be the life insurance and the cash value, but there would be a long-term care aspect to it too. Yeah, I, I like those policies a lot when, when they make sense. Right. One of the aspects, a lot of people take on insurance to say, pay off a mortgage. If something were to happen to the main, the primary earner in the family, the insurance will kick in to pay off their mortgage. Well, as they go older and as they make payments, they may have paid off the mortgage. Right. So now that insurance doesn't have the same dependence or usefulness. Right. So it's a good thing to look at. So, okay, what, what can we do? Can we convert this to a different mm-hmm. policy? Some people just want to get rid of the insurance, but there's a times where it's useful then now to parlay that into this hybrid policy that provides a benefit for the surviving spouse, or in the event that there's a long-term care need, provide some coverage. Yeah. And I think that, again, there's other aspects what we call you know capital-based contracts like annuities. You can take annuity and convert them into, again, another hybrid where you still have the annuity value, but in the event of need, there's a long-term care payout. One of the things that I'm talking to a lot of my clients about right now, if their home is paid for, and if they plan to age in place, and this is, I mean, there's factors here that, mm. that we have to kind of walk through here, but if they plan to age in place, uh, getting a reverse mortgage makes a lot of sense. And I'm not talking about using it right away. I'm talking about letting the reverse mortgage. Most of you out there listening to me right now, as soon as I say reverse mortgage, you think, oh, no, no, they're going to they're gonna take my house or whatever. That's not the instrument I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you get the reverse mortgage and you don't do anything with it, but let it sit. And under the contractual guidelines, that available capital grows over time so that you would actually have more money available to you if you needed it down the road. It's a way to unleash additional equity and capital for the need for healthcare delivery. Right. It's a safety net. You're you're building a safety net and, and allowing yourself to access that equity in your home without having to sell your home, 
without having to take, I guess the difference being a reverse mortgage gives you access to it. A second or a regular mortgage comes with payments, current mm-hmm. payments, and that can mess up the rest of your plan. So this idea of a, a using a reverse mortgage as a long-term safety net can be really helpful. Yeah. So what you want to do is you, what you don't want to do is be reactive. In other words, you don't want to wait until there is a need that becomes so apparent. And then you're running around trying to figure out what we're going to do to take care of mom or dad. And this is something where you want to build a plan ahead of time. You want to be, you want to build what we call logistics of aging. What's going to happen if, and there needs to be a candid conversation. And again, I always reach out to people. If you need somebody like us to be kind of that disinterested third party, to ask the hard questions, to gather the facts and to come up with a plan and a strategy, that's what we do. We help planning for this kind of event down the road. And we try to come up with solutions that will become easier and not reactive, but proactive. Yeah. And one, I guess, key thing is to put out here for a lot of our listeners, some of this is your planning. Right. Some of this is planning for your parents because either way, you know, there's going to need to be some care and their loved ones. You're not going to just turn a blind eye, but if you have a plan, you don't have to be reactionary. If you'd like to know more about it, or you just like to talk to us about it, give us a call. Our phone number is 951 951- Six eight four seven zero one one. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner, who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirement unlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as tactical asset management. Jeremiah, are we in a bubble? Is the world gone so overinflated that the world is going to come crashing down? Our money is going to be worthless. We're going to have high unemployment here in the near future, and uh, the government will not be able to pay and afford the expenses that they're obligated to. It's a dire question. It is. It is a dire question. And we get that from clients uh, recently on a regular basis of people being concerned that the U.S. government, as well as just the economy, is is in a spot where it's just inflating or growing into the amount of debt that they're creating. I mean, obviously, for the average person on the street, they're thinking, where does this money come from? Right. They just they hit a button and all of a sudden there's like another trillion dollars added on top and it's just no big deal. Right. And you see prices of stocks just growing. Right. You know, I mean, throughout the pandemic, we had a number of stocks who grew for different reasons, but they're at all time highs. And we in our office, we talk on a regular basis of the S&P has been bumping up against right. all time highs. At the same time, you have all these other concerns around the world and the economy. And people are looking at that and saying, have people gone crazy? Has yeah. the world gone crazy? And I think, I think again, I think media feeds into that fear. They, they have talking pundits that talk about the markets hitting the high. 
And, you know, you should be, you should be doing this for, you know, alternative investments. You should be investing in gold. You should be investing in, you know, whatever. But I mean, we've had this historically for the last hundred, I mean, hundreds of years. Yeah. We've had times where people just invested completely. I mean, they just didn't know what, what they were investing in. They right. were, they were kind of like Bitcoin. I asked the average person, if you bought Bitcoin, do you know what you're buying? Do you even know how it works? Mm. And I would say most people don't. Most yep. people don't. Yep. Well, and if, if a bubble was spotted, um, if you could see it, then it wouldn't be a bubble, right? Because right. the air would get let out before it overly inflated. There's an article we read about this and a great professor saying, I'm still working on it. Still working <laughs> yeah. on it. And he's basically, if, if I could see the bubbles, it would be great. That would be you know, his golden goose. But he said, it's very difficult. Um, and some of the, the, the part of the mix that goes into a bubble is speculation, right? Um, often- speculation is a big part of bubbles. And we have to look at a difference between private and public. Mm. So again, I mean, we could spend the entire program, in fact, more time than we have talking about how you look at macroeconomics. Yeah. But right now, currently, the debt level isn't as high as what most people would think it would be. Right. And especially when you look at it as a, a portion of GDP. Right. You know, look, looking back, it was a much larger portion at one point. And we joke that, you know, the U.S. government has now just printing money rather than making right. debt. But whatever they're doing, there, there's, there's this idea of speculation. The other part that goes into a bubble is usually innovation. There's some sort of an innovation that's new. Right. And so as people in the market try and price that, they don't know. And so that's where you get this innovation well, it, with speculation. It, it goes back to, um, you know, back in the early 90s when all of a sudden technology just started growing and companies were coming out so quickly and they were valued without making any, actually even selling a product, they yeah. were getting valued. But now through that, there was a speculation, but there was a shakeout, mm. I guess is the best way mm-hmm. to say that. And we have companies like Amazon that came out of that, that obviously have done extremely well and other companies disappeared. Mm-hmm. But at the same point in time, speculation isn't necessarily bad. What's really bad is the debt level. Yeah. And it's how much leverage that people have in other words, to go in and, and they're speculating what's going to happen there. Yep, that's right. So with innovation, or you could even just call it some uncertainty, there's right. there's, a, there's an unknown for whatever reason, then there's speculators. And when those speculators start picking up debt and to, to kind of push this further, that's where you find these moments where you're in this, this leverage. So so are we there? You know, is, right. is that the question? I, I would say in, in the midst of, of COVID, we had a lot of speculation. But the, the data was a little um, uh, obscured because there's so many people who are getting stimulus checks. There's so many people who mm-hmm. um, what was normal in the world was no longer. Right. And so just because you had Amazon going up or Tesla going up didn't mean that that was a, a bubble necessarily. It just meant that there was a change. And, and yeah. the uncertainty we have, we have the uncertainty. We don't know what um, COVID will do this next year. We don't know how this is going to change out. We have some speculation. I mean, there's but we're going to have speculation in any market. That's right. right. And Bitcoin, I think, is an interesting example of there was people who believed in it and thought it was a, a new world currency and were moving forward with it, making what they considered a long-term wise investment. There's others who wanted to hold it for a day, hoping they'd make it, you know, just get rich quick. Right. And you had both. Yeah? And like you said, we'll always have both. But that level of speculation and that, you know, microcosm was a lot. And it, it's come back down since then. You know, again, it's interesting in conversation with, I get, I get asked a lot. You know, I just went back to my class reunion and I, I sat down and talked with some of my classmates that I haven't seen for 30 plus years. And uh, they asked me what I do. And, and I told them and they said, well, isn't the market? I mean, they started asking instantly about investments and they said, isn't the market like ready to turn? And I, <laughs> I kind of smiled and looked at him. I said, 
well, there are certain stocks that will be overvalued and certain stocks be undervalued. I mean, I, there's no way that you can say the general statement mm. that the market is about ready to turn down. I mean, it just, it, you know, they, of course, the, the memory of what happened in 2008 yeah. is so real to so many people. But um, that was a completely, I mean, we could spend a whole program just talking about yeah. 2008 and 2009. But um, what's going on right now is, you know, we are seeing this growth, but we're also seeing tremendous innovation. Yeah. Tremendous innovation, you know, technology-wise. Yeah, I mean, Elon Musk is sh- shooting those low-orbiting satellites. We'll have internet to people who didn't have them before. Right, um, electric cars, self-driving cars, all these things. It almost feels like the Jetsons to some extent. Right. Yeah, we're on, we're on the verge of some incredible things. And what will that do to our um, country? What will that do to you know the everyday life? What will that do to stock prices? I think the disruption, I think, is what we're seeing. Is we're seeing a change, like let's say retail stores, for example. We're seeing a dramatic shift, and there's going to be some um, some of those retail outlets or some of those retail stores that are going to adapt and do well. But we're also seeing a lot of them disappear yeah. because they did not have the foresight or the ability to adapt to this changing environment. And that's yep. going to happen with virtually every industry going forward. That's right. And what we're doing at the moment is a lot of our the money that we manage for our clients is we know there's going to be winners and losers. You know, we're not just trying to pick, we're trying to build a portfolio of stocks that are solid, strong stocks. And to buy you know, an index fund or to buy an ETF that's the entire S&P, you're right. You, you, it's hard to say the entire S&P is over or under. Correct. It, as of today, it's exactly as it should be with the no knowledge. But there are going to be some winners and losers amidst that. And we try and um, skew our clients towards holding more winners. So one of the one of the big innovations that's occurred right now is that people now instead of buying a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund because it's low cost, they can actually build a portfolio. And this is what we're doing for a lot of our clients right now is in stock picking. Mm-hmm. And we have, like I said, we've had some of the best minds in the country helping us with our clients to be to build a, a portfolio of individual stocks. Most people are surprised when they when we open up the portfolio and they've got over a hundred different holdings in there. Whereas before they maybe had five to ten. You know, so but it's because we're trying to be more selective and we have enough money that we can build a diversification into the portfolio, whether it be a retirement account or a non-retirement account, we can become very, very efficient because the cost of trading has gone to zero, folks. So that makes a big difference in the overall outcome. Yep, that's right. So we'll keep watching the bubble um, and make make sure we don't get caught up in it. (laughs) So again, uh, if you'd like to know more about what we think and how we perceive it, and we can bring some of the knowledge and the information that we get on a regular basis to you individually, give us a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as news you can use. We're going to talk about a subject 
Jeremiah, to my knowledge, in the 10 years I've been on the radio, I've never talked about this. Hmm. But I think it's becoming more, um, uh, I don't know, just I, you, see, you hear more about it and not so much on television, but we're, we're hearing more about it on our side of it, on the advisory side of it. And this is regarding life settlements. And for those of you that um, you probably watch television, you see people that are advertising. I always like this this older couple walking across mm -hmm. this park, hand in hand, smiling at each other, and they just sold their life insurance policy. Now their whole life is so much better because they just did that. Yeah. But the issue is, is that it's starting to become more common. Yeah. You know, and life settlements who for folks who aren't, aren't sure the, the details. Basically, when you have a life insurance policy and you're getting a bit older or if you're younger and have a extreme change in your health, there's an opportunity, if some call it that, but a, a moment where you're able to actually sell that policy, the, the life insurance policy to a settlement company who will pay you for it. So you lose the insurance, but you get a cash value. And so the, but let's be clear here, if the person who buys your policy, you assign it to them. When you die, the death benefit gets paid out to that company. That's right. That's right. It's, a, it's an contractual arrangement. And there's some regulations here. It's not something you can just sell to your neighbor. Right. It has to be a certain company. But the, the reason people do this is kind of on average, the, the amount they pay you is about four times the cash surrender value. That's part of your policy. On average. On average, yes. But it's it's less than the death benefit, of course, because they're going to make some money. That's why they're doing it. And, and so this often does not make sense. It often is not a good deal, but something we want to talk about um, because it can make sense for certain situations. And this this is becoming more, like I said, it's becoming more common and people are looking for yield. I mean, when interest rates on bond yields were seven, eight, nine percent, well, you can't get that anymore. So you can take a little bit of a risk and you can spread it across several different policies and companies, you know, they oversee that and manage that for you. And you end up getting a higher rate of return with less volatility. Of course, the risk is, is that people live longer and they end up paying on that policy. So from an investment standpoint, you've got, you've got two sides of this. You got, you got the client who's selling the, the policy, getting the life settlement, getting the cash in hand. But then you also have the other opportunity where you could be an investor buying it through a institution that's buying these policies. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, it's, there's, there's risk on all sides. Yeah, there, there is. That's, that's right. And usually this, this relates to someone who has a universal life, a whole life, a variable life, some sort of a permanent insurance. Right. And that, that's often the, the case. Maybe you bought the insurance to um, pay off your mortgage if you were to die untimely or a part of an, an islet, an irre irrevocable life insurance trust that was set up to help pay your state taxes or something to help with the next generation. And because of law changes of you know, increasing the estate tax exemption, or you've paid off your mortgage, right. you no longer have that same need for the insurance. If it was just term insurance, you know, just a 30-year term policy, maybe it just goes away. Maybe you just right. stop paying the premium. But if it's some of these other policies that are, are going to exist for the rest of your life, it's usually worthwhile to consider would selling it make sense now that I don't need it. Yeah. Now, we have an article that uh, we'll send out to you if you would like to have more information. And uh, we can give you a free reprint of this. And it's written by somebody that I have a lot of respect for. It's Mary Beth Franklin, and she does a lot of um, uh, retirement issues for magazines that we subscribe to. But she has an article called Life Settlements Seem Increasing as the Population Ages. And the one of the things that she states in this article is that there's going to be about $200 billion worth of life insurance that will lapse. And one of the things that caught my eye, and she said, if you just convert those the share, the policyholders could get like fifty billion dollars in cash. What what are the tax ramifications? Yeah, so it, it kind of depends a bit of how 
how the money came in, how it, how it's set up. Um, often they're pretty good. You know, often the uh, amount you've paid in over time that initially comes out as just return of uh, premium, no taxes. The next bit um, will come out as earned income, and the final, the kind of the, the profit you made from selling your policy that comes out as capital gain. So it, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. So you've got to be, you got to do your homework, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. And if you're interested in this article or even in a life settlement, something you would consider, give us a call in our office, 951-684-7011, or just simply go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances, the information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor.